0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 3rd, 2012. Today, we are reading from the doctor's opinion, uh, XXVIII, XXVIII, XXVIII. Beginning with Men and Women Drink Essentially. That's where we'll be beginning this morning. Today's readers are Kim, Monica, Sarah, Sharon, and Rick. And the share codes for yesterday's meeting, there are two, 2797 and 2796. Again, share codes for yesterday's meeting, 2797 and 2796. ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers at a Vision For You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Miriam G. to read the 12 steps.
1: Yes, good morning, uh, Leah. Good morning, everybody. This is Miriam speaking from Israel. Uh, Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives have become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves five admitted to god to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs six we're entirely ready to have god remove all these defects of character seven humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings eight made a list of all persons with harm and became willing to make amends to them all nine May direct demands to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, to continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice this principle in all our affairs. And without a pass, and thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Miriam. I will now call on Sophia to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, Lea. Thank you, Leia. Good morning, group. Sophia Composa-Bovarita. The 12 traditions, tradition one. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Uh, Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, um, an AA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion On outside issues, hence the AA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities thank you thank you thank you sophia
0: how our meeting works our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of alcoholics anonymous we read a paragraph or two from the literature and then stop and share on what was read anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Good morning to everyone. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are in the doctor's opinion on page XXVIII, beginning with men and women, drink. And we have five readers this morning, Kim, Monica, Sarah, Sharon, and Rick. And good morning to you, Kim. Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is
3: Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Men and women drink essentially because they like
4: the effect produced by alcohol. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate the true from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. They are restless, irritable, and discontented unless they can again experience a sense of ease and comfort which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they have succumbed to desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of spree, emerging remorseful, with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over. Unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. On the other hand... And as strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules."
3: And once again, my name is Kim, and
4: I love these paragraphs. I mean, this, is, this breaks down the denial. This tells me that I am not a normal eater who happens to eat too much. I am a compulsive overeater. You know, men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. I just thought I liked Oreos. I just like Oreos, and when I eat Oreos, I can't stop eating Oreos. But it was the effect. And when I looked back at my eating history, you know, when I was sad, I wanted something sweet. When I was angry, I wanted something crunchy. When I was depressed, I needed something smooth. You know, when I needed energy, I would eat sugar. When I needed to calm down, I would eat starch. It was the effect of the food. You know, I went from eating high end food to eating the cheapest of cheapest food because quantity was what I wanted in me. You know, to them their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. You know, in college I used to go from drive through to drive through and I would order a meal for me and this imaginary boyfriend, and I always had to order two drinks because the the person in the drive-thru window would believe me if I ordered two drinks. And then I would sit in the parking lot. I'd pour the drinks on the ground, and I would sit there crying, eating those meals, praying to God that I would not go to the next drive-thru, and I would. You know, if you ask me about weddings I went to in my 20s, I can tell you about the buffet. I can't tell you who was in the wedding party You know, waking up at 2 a.m. and saying, you know what, I'm out of this, that, or the other thing. I'm going to put my fuzzy slippers on. I don't care if there's a hurricane outside. I have to get my food. You know, being in my 20s and sitting home on a Saturday night and reading romance novels and binging while my friends are out at bars meeting guys. That was my life. To them, their alcoholic life seems the only normal one. And these paragraphs helped me understand that I wasn't someone who just needed to lose 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 100 pounds. I was a compulsive over I had the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, and it was only with the psychic change that I had hope of
0: getting out of it. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Kim. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Press star it's one. Monica. Monica, please go ahead.
5: Good morning, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'm just going to go to, on the other hand, we just heard Kim's side of one one paragraph here. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, and what we just heard sure sounded very down-down doomed, uh, hopeless, unmanageable, powerless, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving, suddenly, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. You know, the steps of recovery getting that spiritual awakening. What hope we're being given here in this paragraph, you know? Wow! And this is available to us. And these people that wrote this book, these 100 recovered people, have been through this. They have experienced this from beginning to end. They've experienced the despair. And on the other hand, they're now going to tell us there's a lot of hope and there's another life possible for you, and we are going to show you and tell you how you can get it too. You are also eligible for this. What hope, and with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Anyone else like to comment on what was read? Esther? Esther, please go ahead.
6: Good morning. My name is Esther, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I want to comment here on the word essentially I mean, everybody comes in with a different eating story, but if we boil down all those stories to, to its to its essence, we realize that we all ate for the same reason, and that was because um, it felt good to eat. Something about life was not to our liking, and when we ate, we we wanted the effect produced by the you know our binge foods, and that's why we ate. Um, and in addition to having the same reason for eating, right? Even though our histories are different, we've got the same reason for eating, the solution is also the same. In the next paragraph, it tells us a, about a psychic change. So again, our solution is a common solution, and that is when we change the way we think and change the way we le- live, then we no longer uh, need the food to produce a certain effect in us, to calm us down, to get rid of the irritability and resentment, etc. So, So um, when I read that paragraph, I always, you know, Think of all the stories that I hear that people tell. You know, I ate because there was a lot of food. I ate because there was little food. I ate because my parents were like this or they were like that or I was the youngest or I was the oldest or I was the middle. But really, we ate for the same reason. And that was because we liked what food did to us. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Esther. Anyone else?
6: This
7: is Sarah. Can I share? Of course. Good morning. This is Sarah, Compulsive Overeater. This par- these two paragraphs. There's so much to share. I have to. I'll have to contain myself. But um, it says the, um, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. Firm resolution, Re- and you know, and it's about food, and it's about the the resolution regarding the allergy of the body and the phenomenon of craving that comes incessantly but you know it's an allergy of the body and it's an obsession of the mind and it's so rooted often in the resentments and my inability to deal with life to deal with life and all the resolutions that came along with that so the resolutions never brought me to a transformation of the mind never brought the recovery entire psychic change because there was always a resolution, but never a decision. Step three says, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. I resolved to stop the food, but I was still my decision was still to live life based on my terms and not God's and you know and then um, further down. Once a psychic change has occurred, after that decision is made, the very same person who seemed doomed, what was that doom? Losing the power on page 24, it says, The fact is that most alcoholics, for reasons yet obscure, have lost the power of choice in drink. Our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. We are unable at certain times to bring into our consciousness with sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of even a week or a month ago. We are without defense against the first drink. That's the doom, but then that psychic change comes, and on page 84 we have the promises. We have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even alcohol, for by this time sanity... Sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely. We become sane. And normally, we will find that this happens automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we've been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist for us. We are neither cocky nor are we afraid. That is our experience. That is how we react. How? So long as we keep in fit spiritual condition. This program has taken me from complete powerlessness complete, complete and total powerlessness to attaching myself and connecting to a power so much greater than myself that restored me to sanity. With that, I'll
0: pass. Thank you, Sarah. Anyone else? This is Amy. Amy, please go ahead.
4: Good morning. My name is Amy. I'm a compulsive overeater, I looked up the other day what doomed is, what the word doomed is, and it says certain destruction and death. I mean, they choose these words carefully here with the disease of compulsive overeating. I don't know about you, but I was doomed. I was doomed and I was powerless. But on the other hand, through the grace of God and this program, I have found a new way of life. I have been transformed through these simple rules. What do they mean by these simple rules? They mean the 12 steps
3: the 12 steps of recovery, surrender to a higher power, a power greater than myself, whom I choose to call God, and then working the 12 steps. I love here at the
4: end how it says the only effort necessary being that being required to follow a few simple rules. You know, a lot of times in the rooms I hear this, well, these are just suggestions. Well, if you want what we have, those of us who are recovered and are willing to go to any length to get it, these steps are requirements. You know, this is not frothy emotional appeal that we were talking about earlier in the last couple of paragraphs. This is a complete surrender and a willingness to allow this program to work and to work it myself, to say that I am powerless and that I need to work these steps if I am going to avoid certain uh, destruction and death from compulsive overeating. I mean, if we look to the chapter of how it works, it says here, Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked for protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took. These are, the things, these are the things that we have to do. We have to be willing to go to any length. We need to surrender to a higher power again. Remember, we deal with food, alcohol, cunning, baffling, powerful. Without help, it is too much for us. But the one who has all power, that one is God. May you find him now. And with that power and with the process of the spiritual awakening that comes through the process of working the 12 steps, again, to go back to the promises, we will recoil from food as if from a hot flame. What a contrast to go from certain doom and destruction and death from compulsive overeating to be able to recoil, to have the power to be ever to recoil as if from a hot flame, to have it not even call. To not have the food call to me anymore, that is the grace of God and the miracle that this program offers if we are willing to work the steps. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Amy. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I too would like to comment. Um, certainly, that first paragraph we read teaches me about the grave nature of my illness, that I have a twofold disease. Allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, physical and mental problem, and that this, this devastating illness and this torturous cycle will be repeated over and over again. However, on the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person, The very same person who seemed doomed, they seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to follow a few simple rules. You know, this is truly a message that leads us from hopelessness to hope. You know, and and the key here is a psychic change a psychic change, I was suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience would conquer. You know, I kept focusing on the physical, focusing on the physical, focusing on the physical, on the elements of abstinence. Obviously, very important to eliminate all those binge foods before embarking on the program of recovery. But external conditions are never the remedy for an internal condition. I need something of a spiritual solution. I need a psychic change. That reminds me of step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. The steps are designed to do one thing, and that is to cause a psychic change in me, a spiritual awakening, a transformation of my mind to go from self-centeredness to God-centeredness, this spiritual awakening, a personality change. In either case, it's gonna be a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. And my personality, it's made up the way of, of made up of the way I think, and it's made up the, of the way I feel, and it's made up of my attitudes, and my outlook on life, and the way I look at people, places, and things, and interact with those things. And what the program of recovery does, these few simple rules, we know them as the 12 steps, it gives me a new mind, a spirit-guided mind a spirit-guided mind, because the big book makes it clear that my recovery is not going to come through inner strength. It's not going to come through willpower. It's not going to come through determination or any other human creation. None of those is going to be enough for someone like me with my condition of compulsive overeating. I can't restore my sanity on my own. Only he who created my mind can heal my sick mind. I need the help of God. I need the help of God. You know, that whole journey, the whole point of joining OA and moving all the way through the steps is contained in those two words, psychic change, a spiritual awakening. I needed a new mind. I needed a new mind, a spirit-guided mind. And I get that through the process of these 12 steps. And with that I pass. Who else would like to comment on what was read? This is Janice. Please go ahead, Janice. Thank you, Leah. Good morning,
4: Vision, for you. Good morning. My name is Janice. I am a compulsive overeater, recovered. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'd like to comment on just one one thing and then to this last paragraph. You know, the sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot, after a time, differentiate the true from the false. You know, and that that speaks so clearly to me of the mental problem that I had, of the mental problem, that obsession of my mind. Even when I could admit that what I was doing was hurting me, that it was injurious, it was the only way I knew how to live. It was the only way I knew how to operate. And I had to explain it to myself some way because what else did I have? What else did I have? I felt doomed. I felt like I woke up every time afterwards out of this fog, out of this daze, remorseful, thinking I would never do it again, bringing all my willpower to bear. And then you told me, you explained to me in this book and with your experience exactly what was wrong with me and what the way out was, what the solution could be for me if I worked these 12 steps. That psychic change. I came out of this with the same mental, uh, the, same, the same brain operating here. So what happened to that brain? What happened to that mental obsession that I had? Because it tells me those like me who have ever despaired of, ever being, of it ever being different, It could be different. Somehow, some way, this power greater than myself was going to turn that thinking around. And I was going to be able to easily control my desire for alcohol, my desire for excess food. Because as it had been so beautifully talked about, you know, that was the major aspect of this disease for me, is that even when I was clean, from those foods that triggered the phenomenon of craving. Even when I was not eating, I was still crazy and could not stop myself from starting again. But you've told me that what had happened for you is that these 12 steps, the process of working through the steps had connected you to this greater, wider, higher power. And that somehow your thinking, your old ideas, Got set aside and the new ideas took over. The new ideas became the way you operated. These new ideas based on love, based on love. The love of a higher power for me and my love for you. And that that was going to be the difference. And that was going to turn the tide. And that was going to rescue me from this hopeless place.
0: Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Anyone
8: else? right like the Virginia. Eddie, please go ahead. Thank you. Morning everyone. This is Eddie in Virginia, compulsive overeater, grateful to be in recovery today. Um I would like to focus on the suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. The only effort necessary being that required that required to follow a few simple rules. And, and today I find that to be so true in my life. And, and sometimes when I give my, when I really bring myself to the point where I stop and consider this, this is a true miracle. And um, I, I guess if, if there is a disadvantage to being in, uh, recovered for a, over an extended period of time is sometimes I tend to take these things for granted because they have become so much a part of my life that it's easy to forget where I came from. Um, so I, I really I need to take stock in that and, and not forget where I came from because I don't, you know, talk, it talks about, you know, that, um, my previous life being my greatest asset. So I need to remember that, but it, it's so true that, um, you know, I, I just find myself able to go places where I would have not gone before when I was quote unquote in a diet because of the temptation that would be available, you know, there. Uh, but even more so than that, it's the, the ability to face life's problems, uh, and life. And ter- life's terms without immediately thinking that, oh, you know, this is this could be solved by a piece of whatever. And um, today I find that, thank God, I, I don't need to do that. I mean, you know, as uh, has been frequently mentioned on the meeting, you know, life doesn't stop being a, a, having problems just because you're recovered. Uh, you know, I mean, I have several things going on in my life today that are of somewhat of a concern to me. You know, my, my sister is uh, probably dying. And, um, and you know, it's just her and I left. So I'm thinking that you know, pretty soon it's going to be just me left. And my daughter has some has some health issues, and my son-in-law is uh, looking for employment that's closer to home. It Doesn't require him to travel a great deal. And and there's and you know, or possibly move his family. And so there's there's a lot of things going on in my life. I have some minor health issues that I'm having to deal with. You know, but. Food is not the option here. It's not an option for me to turn to to solve these issues. You know, where I turn is to God and to my prayers and to this meeting and and to the hope that's extended here to me every morning that I get up and I get myself on this line. And, uh, you know, it's just I know this is a a one-day-at-a-time program, and every morning I am grateful that the only thing I need to do every morning is, you know, reconnect with my God, follow the simple rules that are presented here, and go forth with a grateful heart. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Eddie. Anyone else?
4: This is Sharon.
0: This is Robin. Sharon, please. Sharon and then Robin. Thank you.
4: Okay. Um, as has been said, uh, when we eat uh, certain foods, our binge foods, our foods that we are allergic to, uh, we don't necessarily break out in hives, but we do. It says uh, there's, uh, we eat essentially because we like the effect produced by the food. So there is a physical reaction that we have to certain foods or certain eating patterns, eating habits, overeating, for instance. There's a certain effect that it has on our physical body but, and that happens to normal people. they may eat and have a physical reaction. If that reaction is negative, a normal eater will stop eating that and move on with their lives. But for us, that um the feeling that is produced is, is, a, is a is something that we want to feel. we like it it's It's a good feeling. It's appealing to us, and yet uh, there's something that we like about it. There's something there that is is um, it says the sensation that we get is something that is attractive to us, and it's easy to see that as uh, uh, you know, say for instance, a cocaine addict that uh, you know just is driven for that drug and that feeling that they get when they inhale that that drug into their system but it says the sensation is so elusive that uh it it you get it and then it's gone and then you want it again and then you go after it again it it's like you can never really own that sensation. It's never really yours, but you're constantly going after it. And then you find that you recognize that your reaction and your response and your going after that sensation, even though it's injurious, even though it's hurting you. And in my situation, I would uh, eat dairy And I'm allergic to dairy. Now, I'm physically allergic to dairy, okay? When I eat dairy, I get asthmatic conditions. But my mind, because I'm also an addict, I'm not normal. I'm abnormal when it comes to food. So my mind would tell me a little bit won't hurt, a little bit. If if I wanted it, even though it was injurious, in the past, I would end up in the emergency room. But today, I'm looking for that sensation. And it says here that um, I couldn't differentiate the true from the false. The false was one bite won't hurt. But one bite always led to the next bite, to the next bite, to the next bite. To the emergency room is that insanity. But that's the uh, uh, well-known stages that I would go through. But I I couldn't distinguish the true from the false but at some point it tells me how do i get, how do i get out of that pattern it's almost it's habitual i can't help myself i get the thought sometimes i don't even get the thought anymore i never i, I would just forget the thought i would just it was automatic my body would just automatically go for it even though it was killing me literally but then it says that there was hope, there was a way to change. And I get down here and I see this word. It says at the very last paragraph of what we just read, the way to get out of it, as we know, is a psychic change. How do I get to the the psychic change? I follow, follow, follow. Now me, I didn't want to follow anyone. I wanted my own path. I wanted to do it my way. I wanted life on my terms. I don't want to follow. I want to go myself, my way. But my way was leading. was I was doomed. I was hopeless. I was condemned. On and on, over and over again, on an injurious path. I was injuring myself. And so in order to stop injuring myself, I had to have a psychic change. I had to do something different. I couldn't keep doing the same thing. I keep, couldn't have it my way. I had to accept a new way, a different way. I had to surrender. And I had to follow, follow, follow. Follow. a few few simple rules I had to let go of it going my way follow a different way and there is a way and that's what we're working on and that's what we're talking about every day on this line and with that I pass
0: thank you Sharon Robin
9: good morning this is Robin I'm a compulsive overeater um So, how does this paragraph translate to my life well i got to tell you that, after forty years of compulsive overeating, my life was very, very messy and i had I had problems that it to me it felt like it was a spider 's web, and I had no idea to start unraveling it and i tried I tried over and over to unravel these problems um and I kept telling myself you know if if my husband was just just maybe would treat me a little bit better, then I could figure out what 's the first thing to unravel or um, if I didn't have to go to the party and be faced with my favorite binge food, then I'd be able to, un- to start unraveling all these problems. And what it took for me was to have um, to have a sponsor who was able to start telling me the few simple rules. She said, stop thinking, get out of your head, follow these few simple rules. Number one, put down the food. I did that, and things actually started clearing up right away and then from there, I was told, okay, now we're going to move through the steps. And the most amazing thing that I found was that the problems, the spider's web, really wasn't that complicated. Because I had rules now. I had, I had a way to apply um, a process. I had tools that I could use to start unraveling the problems. And as I did that, I found that the psychic change was occurring all of a sudden everything looked different to me and I didn't get into trouble anymore. Um,
0: So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. We're going to move on to the next paragraph now with Monica.
5: Thank you, Leah. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal doctor, I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop, but I cannot. You must help me. Faced with this problem, if a doctor is honest with himself, he must sometimes feel his own inadequacy. Although he gives all that is in him, it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Though the aggregate of recoveries resulting from psychiatric effort is considerable, we physicians must admit we have made little impression upon the problem as a whole. Many types do not respond to the ordinary psychological approach. Okay, reviewing here a little bit here, what we're reading is we're reading a letter from Dr. Silkworth, and way in the beginning here, we were given some very important credentials about this man, you know, he was a chief physician. Uh, at a nationally prominent hospital specializing in alcoholic and drug addiction, you know this guy's was was a specialist. This is what he did, and he worked with like fifty thousand um alcoholics. This guy knew what he's talking about and here here is this medical doctor with all his education saying, "You know what the th- something more is needed. I am not having um." Much success with all my education and my psychological approach, and he only had like a two percent um, success rate with all of these people that he worked with. And he's saying there is something more that's needed. There, and there has to be a psychic change where you know there has to be a psychic change to this mental thinking, this mental obsession that um, alcoholics have. And um, and with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Monica. Who else would like to share on these background? Hi, this is Audrey. This is Christy. There was someone before Christy. This is Audrey. Robin, and then Christy. Hi, this is Audrey. Audrey, thank you.
10: Hi, this is Audrey, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater from Minneapolis. I had the opportunity this week to meet with my endocrinologist and my diabetes educator and my nutritionist all in one room, and they were all crying. And I said, what's going on? And they said, we are so inspired by what you do every day. And of all the patients that we see at Park Nicollet, uh, you have hope. You you make progress. Um, I'm sure that what you do is very, very expensive. And I said um, it's actually priceless but it's free. And in the process of going through a lot of medical procedures over the last couple of months with this team of professional doctors and, and um, nutritionists and diabetes educators, um, It's been fascinating. They they just feel powerless. They shared with me that there's a a treatment center here in Minneapolis where people come in for eating disorders and they do fine when they're there, whether they're there a month or six months or whatever, and they get out and they have no way of living life on life's terms. They have no way of being supported on a daily basis like what we have. And I was so grateful to be able to share with them that we – follow a medically prescribed food plan. We work in collaboration with our doctors. We have sponsors. We have people that truly understand that what it's like to be either face down in the food or face down in the toilet and or both. And that today we have a solution because we're willing to do a few simple things and we follow just like the tradi- all the traditions of the big book. And so I was so inspired to be able to share experience, strength, and hope with them um, that they want people to be successful. And I think that the medical profession as a whole is just feeling whipped on the other side like we were whipped in the food. Uh, and so um, with that, I'll pass. But it's been transformational and deeply inspiring. Again, this is Audrey from Minneapolis.
0: Thank you, Audrey. Christy. Good morning, Leah. Good morning. A
4: vision for you. My name is Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, this this, uh, first paragraph we read here, uh, you know, men have cried out to me in sincere and despairing appeal, reminds me of, you know, sitting in a doctor's office me multiple times. You know, my solution to having a doctor tell me that I, I needed to lose weight was just to not go see the doctor anymore. Because that was just a whole lot easier for me. Um, I was as baffled as doctors were, and you know, I mean, I sought I sought help. I subscribed to magazines for decades, you know, healthy lifestyle magazines, hoping somehow that um, abstinence and recovery would wash over me. I ate my way through many an OA meeting and hoped that by reading, you know, the OA 12 and 12 somehow magically um, abstinence would wash over me. And I sat in, you know, I'll never forget 20 years ago, sitting in um, a therapist's office and, and saying, you know, it's like that, that, piece of pie on that, you know, like there's a piece of pie on a plate on that coffee table and it's just, it's screaming out to me that I need to eat it. And he said, you know, in all sincerity, Christy, it's it's a piece of pie. It can't talk. And um, he just did not understand what was going on in my brain. You know, well-intentioned medical professionals said to me, you know, you just need to eat less and you need to exercise more. You need to eat less, and you need to exercise more. And they may as well said to me, Chrissy, you need to speak fluent Latin by Monday. I know it's Friday, but by Monday, you need to be able to speak Latin fluently. You need to speak Latin fluently. You know, neither of those are things I could do. Eat less and exercise more. You know, there's nothing more simple than the biology. That's the truth. That is the truth. You know, by um, certainly admitting I was powerless over food, being presented with the problem outlined in the big book, um, you know, that I had a not only a physical allergy, uh, you know, an abnormal reaction to certainly certain foods, you know, for me, you know, sugar, fat, flour, volume, you know, even eating behaviors, whatever that was, I needed to identify that. And then also the greater aspect of my disease, the greater aspect of my disease you know, I don't care what you call it. You know, a doctor might say it's brain chemistry. You know, um, you know, there's something wrong, Christy, with your brain. I certainly could have told them that. I certainly could have told them that. I just wasn't quite sure what it was. The greater aspect of my disease, that craving, that mental obsession, that mental obsession that I have found only, only through working the 12 steps has that absolutely changed my thinking, absolutely changed my thinking. I have been, you know, been able to apply the steps in every aspect of my life. My life has been completely transformed. I have had a psychic change. I have had a spiritual awakening. I have grown away from the food one day at a time. You know, I I have doctors today that, you know, are completely, they're, they're awestruck by my recovery, and there's nothing special about me. There's nothing special about me. My disease beat me into a state of reasonableness, beat me into a state where I could be teachable, where I could be teachable. Um, And uh, for that, I am grateful, and with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Christy. Anyone else on what was read? Deb? Please, Deb, go ahead.
3: Good morning, Leah. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Deb. I am a um, recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I these words, you know, these words, sincere and despairing appeal. I cannot go on like this. I have everything to live for. I must stop. I must stop. I've got to stop doing what I'm doing, but I cannot. You must help me. You know that that's the state. That's the state where there is an opportunity. And then we see the doctor, you know, he's saying, you know, it it doesn't matter. Something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. You know, I too sought out all kinds of solutions. All kinds of solutions, um, including doctors, you know, name the title of the doctor. I looked for problems to have. I was hoping I would have a problem that the doctor could solve, but the doctor couldn't solve it. You know, in We Agnostics it says, how do we know we are what we are? How do we know we're at this place where we must stop, but we cannot? This isn't about control. This is about stopping. And it says, if when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely this is about quitting entirely or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take you are probably alcoholic but right? this is about having a mind that won't allow us to stop and a body that once we get started won't allow us to stop we are in a circle that is out of our control and the next line says exactly what the doctor says If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. The doctor didn't have the power to cure me. Doctors didn't have the power. Diets didn't have the power. Exercise programs didn't have the power. You know, I had a spiritual illness and the only thing, the only thing that was going to help me, the only thing that was going to get me to recovery, recovery, not a cure, but recovered, was a spiritual experience. A psychic change. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Deb. Anyone else? My name's Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I'd like to comment on this statement here. Although he gives all that is in him, it often is not enough. One feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Indeed, Dr. Silkworth uh, and men of medicine and men of science, they acknowledge the limitations of their art, you know, because they stood powerless by the bedside of these alcoholics. Powerless. If, if if, If I can't pick up that first bite because of the allergy of my body, but I can't not pick up that first bite because of my mind, then I am powerless over food. I'm powerless. Lack of power, that is my dilemma. I need power. The big book teaches me I am beyond human aid. Now, if I've placed myself beyond human aid, then even the marvelous fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous will not bring about recovery. Even the marvelous fellowship won't do that. It's powerful. But I need a vital psychic change. I need a transformation of my mind. And you can't transcend the intellect by using the intellect. If I'm going to recover, the power's going to have to come from a source other than my mind, other than my determination, other than even the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. I need a spirit-guided mind. I need God because I'm suffering from a disease which only a spiritual experience will conquer. I need a relationship with something immeasurable and something indestructible. And how am I going to get that? Where do I buy one of those? Well, that's exactly what this book is about, and that's exactly why A Vision for You is dedicated to the study and the teaching and the discussion of these very simple rules here. We don't have to recreate this whole system. It has been penned for us and penned by those who had recovered and penned by experience and penned by love, by love and a message of hope of what's possible not just a renewed piece of a life, not just the mere elimination of some substances that you and I find in the bottom of a cellophane bag. We're talking about a whole new life. We're talking about a spirit-guided mind. We're talking about not just a spiritual part of the program, we're talking about that this entire program is
8: spiritual.
0: We're talking about a rehabilitation we're talking about restoration of sanity. We're talking about the obsession of the mind being expelled, driven out, a restoration of one's sanity, a whole new life, so that I have an opportunity to walk a, as a free woman on this planet. Because the obsession of the mind has been expelled. It's been driven out. That's the buzz I'm looking for. That's the aim. That's the goal. That is the ticket to freedom. Because if you do not know where you're going, any road will get you there. But you and I know exactly where we need to go because the big book tells us so. And you know what? The trail's already been blazed. The path is here. Narrow? Yes, it's narrow. But it is roomy, it's broad, and it is available to all. And with that, I pass anybody else on this paragraph. This is Janice. Good morning, Leah. Oh, I'm sorry. Janice, then Penny. Go ahead.
4: Thank you, Leah. I'd just like to comment on the fact that here is this doctor Honest with himself. Honest with himself. You know what marvelous information to share with us that he as a doctor with considerable experience behind him was not able to make much effect against this problem as a whole. That no matter how hard he tried sitting with these people despairing and sincere in their desire to try to be better, do better, get out of the serious illness they were in, there was not a whole lot of effect that these doctors could have on them. And to admit that, for this wonderful physician to admit that, that there seems to be something else that's needed. This psychic change. And that he's seen it happen. Seen it happen. And so is convinced that here is a way and put it in writing in our book. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you. Next up. Penny, is that you?
11: Thanks, Leia. Penny E. Compulsive Overeater, recovered compulsive overeater. You know, we're hearing all this talk about psychic change, psychic change. Unless this person can experience an entire, entire not part, but entire psychic change, there's very little hope of his recovery. So the question comes to mind, how do I know? What, what is this psychic change? I mean, it's such a uh, esoteric. I don't even know what esoteric means, but it's such a you know, term that's out there. What is a psychic change? And I know that I've had a psychic change. I looked it up in the dictionary, and there's all kinds of things in here about psychic, but the one that, came, that comes true for us here is of the soul or mind. So a complete Psychic, entire soul and mind change. And I know I've had that. I mean, first, when it comes to food, I mean, I no longer look at it as goodies. I look at it as harmfulness, baddies for me, you know. Psychic change. I mean, there's not one day that I think, oh, maybe I can eat that. I know that I will be on a a one-day-at-a-time death trip if I pick that up. Psychic change. You know, I want to eat the weight and measure foods that I eat. That I, I want to feel good today. I want to stay connected to God. That's a psychic change. You know, I want to go to God when I'm unhappy, happy, you know, whatever, hungry, not hungry, lonely. I want to go to God. The psychic change is that I know that the only solution for me is God, a power greater than myself. That's a psychic change. When, when somebody else, when I feel hurt, somebody else did something to me, I, I believe I've had a, I call this a psychic change. I know it's not about the other person. You know, 100% of the time, I know it's not about the other person. God bless them, change me. You know, this is the spiritual uh, solution for me. I mean, I know I'm a, di- a different person today. I have, I have goals i have a purpose you know um to help another compulsive overreader, you know to stay abstinent and work my program of recovery today is the single most important thing in my life staying connected to my higher power so anyway i just wanted to talk about psychic change so thanks for letting me share
0: thank you so much and our time is spent i'm going to ask Sarah, please to read a vision for you. Thank you to everyone who has shared. We'll now close the, with the reading from page 164. And Sarah, thank you.
7: Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order.